0: Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio, this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are fluctuating. The S&P now trading higher, up a point, a gain there of 0.1%. That index is stalling just below the 2100 level. Uh, Right now, gold is down 310 the ounce to 1220, a drop of three-tenths of one percent. Crude. Lower now by one cent, $49.54, did trade above $50 a barrel. Brent, forty nine seventy five up one cent now, a gain there of less than 0.1%. So again, recapping a mixed picture for stocks, the Dow is down 14, a drop of 0.1%. S&P up a point, a gain of 0.1%. I'm Charlie Pellett. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. So where do we go from here for oil prices? Demand is a slow-moving element. Supply sometimes isn't. And despite near-record inventory, traders are pricing in the risk of the market getting tighter in a hurry. Here to tell us more is Stuart Glickman. He is Director and Equity Research Analyst for S&P Capital IQ. He joins us now. Stuart, thanks very much for being with us. Good afternoon, Tim. All right, so give me your short-term and long-term view for oil price action.
1: Uh, Short-term, I'm bearish. I think that the recent move up has been – really, it's been premised on a lot of what I'll call temporary phenomenon, uh, phenomena that I think are going to eventually dissipate, and I think fundamentals are going to come to bear because uh, structurally – uh there's way too much crude oil in, in, in inventories, uh record highs, the highest we've seen since nineteen thirty, more or less. Uh product inventories for things like gasoline, diesel, jet fuel are also way above their five year averages. Um, you know, it's interesting to look back at um, when when crude prices began their their initial collapse in mid twenty fourteen, about two years ago, uh we had about maybe two million barrels a day of excess supply. And even though supply started to pull back, demand really hasn't been all that impressive. And now we're still sitting with about 1.5 million barrels a day of excess supply, uh, according to the numbers that I'm seeing from Bentec Energy, uh, which is part of S&P Global Plats. And so, uh, you know, I think about this short term, I, I think that we still need a further leg down on crude prices that just are not supported um, by fundamentals.
2: We are sensing how much of a leg down, Stuart?
1: So Bentec is looking for an average of about $39, excuse me, $39 a barrel in 2016, um, but improving to about $50 a barrel in 2017. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at it from a, an, an individual company perspective, we started to see several major firms talk about what it would take to get them to start, you know, again, um, you know, incentivizing an uh, additional, uh, additional production. Uh, Pioneer Natural Resources and Devon Energy have both pointed to the $50 mark, which we just crested above today, and said that at those prices, you know, we're gonna, you know, dip our toes back into the water again. I think other firms are probably, you know, looking at somewhere between 50 and 60. And so, you know, it, what it feels like is a rerun of the experience we had last year in, in spring and summer 2015 when crude prices went to $62 a barrel and then again collapsed. So I think that another... Relapse, um, probably into the 30s, seems to me to be reasonable. Um, but, you know, longer term, uh, I think eventually the supply will eventually give way. Um, just just, just on, on economics, eventually there are going to be some competitors that go away. And, uh, and then I, I think then we're in store for a gradual uptick in, in crude prices. I just don't think we're anywhere near that yet.
0: Stuart, i wonder if you could comment on uh, other uh, companies in the energy complex, like maybe refiners, and then tell me about pipeline companies.
1: Uh, so refiners actually have been sort of the uh, – call it the shining star of the oil patch uh, for the last – Call it, you know, 12 to 18 months. They're the ones who are making money. While the upstream, uh, folks are, are generating operating losses, it's, it's refining. That's, that's the reason why a company like an ExxonMobil continued to generate overall profits in the first quarter of 2016. Those, those profits are starting to come down a little bit because, you know, as I mentioned before, the, the product inventories are still pretty high. And so that started to weigh on their margins a little bit. Um, it's the one, Area within energy that I still have a positive fundamental outlook on, um, so it's it's you know it's it's gonna it's it's gonna do its job. It's going to generate some profits, just not quite as nicely as it did the year before. Um, pipelines, I think, are are a more interesting case. I think a lot of pipeline companies, which are structured as MLPs, have have, you know, spent the last five years getting very acclimated to throwing out huge dividends to their unit holders and also spending tons of money on on growth capital projects and all of that being supported by capital markets that seem very willing to continue to support them. And I think that business model is increasingly coming into question. I think that more of these midstream companies, we started to to see some of them pull back on their capex, uh, and I I think more of these companies are going to have to start living within their
2: You uh, maintain a buy rating on ExxonMobil. You mm-hmm. have uh, ConocoPhillips and Energen as hold ratings, even though you are sort of bearish overall. Give mm-hmm. uh, us, I, I, I think a lot of people are wondering after this huge sell off if they should jump in and buy some energy stocks. Is, is Exxon then something someone should look at, and if so, why?
1: So I'm, I have a buy on, on Exxon mainly because I think it's a great defensive play in an environment where I'm still very wary. And there's, there's not that many companies that are likely to generate excess uh, free cash flow in 2016 and 2017. uh, Exxon being one of them. And, if you look at it, it feels like, you know, a lot of these energy companies, even though they've they've made a comeback in the last couple of months, that they, they went so far down that they, they they obviously must be cheap. But if you look at it on, on a relative basis, um, you know, for example, relative to their projected EBITDA or their projected cash flows, they actually look relatively expensive on the whole. If I look at our coverage universe of oil and gas exploration and production companies, you know, the average E&P... Right now, is trading at about a 30% premium to its forward cash flow estimates, which, you know, some of them perhaps deserve multiple expansion, but but not all of them. And so I think I think there's a, I think there's still a lot of froth in these prices based on how far the estimates have come down.
2: Well, Stuart Glickman, uh, fascinating, fascinating conversation. So I just want to I just want to be clear on something. You said uh, your group is looking for $39 a barrel average price for crude oil twenty sixteen heading up to fifty bucks a barrel in twenty seventeen?
1: Yeah, that's correct.
2: Okay, great. But you're still still pretty bearish overall. Fascinating conversation. Exxon, he's bearish on oil, but it's a good defensive play overall though. Even though they've fallen a lot, energy stocks not necessarily that cheap. Stuart Glickman, thank you so much. Director and Equity Research Analyst at S P Capital IQ. I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Fox. This is taking stock on Bloomberg Radio.
0: Coming up on taking stock commercial property sales, they've slowed in the United States this year, but Chinese investors continue to plow money into the market. We're going to find
2: out what foreign investment means for commercial real estate next.